0: This is Bruce. This is Trav.
1: And this is Jonathan.
0: Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of being abducted three times. There's some poor life choices there. You got to get a new, bu- a new brand of friends, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier This week we are talking about Well, basically we're talking about Incursion A TriTag Games product That hasn't gotten a whole lot of play And I think the last time we talked about it uh, For the same purpose Was a number of years ago So uh, it what, But the reason that we're doing it Is because we're going to be doing a uh, uh, The next step Which is Uh, In the game Incursion, you go out, uh, you're abducted from Earth by slavers who apparently find that living intelligent beings are the most valuable commodity in the universe, even though we find out later that that's not true. But for the purposes of our, uh, but they're also very readily available and you can breed them. So uh, maybe ultimately they are more valuable. It's hard to say. But the point here is, is that uh, in that game, you uh, Ah, uh, you've been abducted, put into cryo storage, and but the the captain of the uh, pirate slash slave ship is a real sob, and so the crew rebels against him, and you know basically decants you out, you know uh, brings you up to up the to, uh, to blood pressure, and says, hey, join uh, if you want to be free, join the. Uh, uh, the revolution join the rebellion and of course you say of course I want I don't want to be stuck you know and so you succeed in taking over the ship taking it away from the captain but the last thing he does before you uh, you basically break in to to uh, give him his justice is he burns all the records on the way back to earth so now you're lost in a uh, super science, futuristic galaxy with no idea how to get home so and that's that's the premise of the uh, encouraging game so what we said was hey uh the idea is is that one day you will find your way home that's kind of the it's it's kind of the goal that was given in the game so it makes sense that they would succeed sooner or later and so as a result the the question arises saying what happens if they do? What happens if they do get back to earth? Well, that's a future episode. We wanted to basically bring everybody up to speed as to what incursion was before we did that because you know there's a lot of backstory, a lot of things about incursion that they would be bringing home to earth with them. And that's one of the and that's why we're doing this episode. So uh, Jonathan, uh, how many editions of incursion are there? Well, there is incursions one, two, and three. Right, and right. just like uh, D&D uh, Incursions 1 is not called Incursions 1, it's just mm-hmm. called Incursions Right okay. Now Trav, how did Incursions come about? You know, what uh, What was the uh, What was the
2: reasoning for it? Do you know? Oh, I, I believe I, I remember that it was part of another game And it escapes me what that other game was But I do remember seeing the old copy That Rich had years ago mm-hmm. I want to say it was part of a fringe old Fringeworthy book, like the old 82 book I don't think so but okay, uh, I remember uh, I, it was I, part of another book.
0: All right. One. Okay. Well, what I remember is is that Richard back uh, qu- uh, in the nineties, <laughs> I think it was. Is that late, When did X Files come out? Well, That's that in the nineties. Yeah. In the nineties. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Back in the nineties, Richard was basically surveying the uh, uh, Gen Con and everything, and he came and we had a discussion and he said the and I said okay richard you know you're on the pulse of everything what's the next next big thing and he said alien abduction i said really he said yeah, it's going about it's about to go huge so i'm writing my next game about alien abduction i said oh and so richard comes out with incursion which is where you get abducted by aliens and taken to a whole different you know culture a whole different yeah, uh, uh, civilization. This all super high tech. Everybody else stayed on Earth and had the aliens come here and try to abduct us, but they still hung around Earth. So Richard was right, but he was wrong. <laughs> so, but that's that's why he did it this way. That's why uh, he, he thought this was the way everybody was going to go, and he was going to ride the crest, you know. And this was going to be the, the biggest seller yet. Now, of course, he was also you know uh if he, if he was right he was going to be able to uh uh in, in many ways uh, uh take advantage of all the stuff he'd written for FTL 2448 uh, even though this is a much higher tech level uh Trav you're the big tech level guy uh how does Incursion match up to let's say the other games that Richard produced
2: oh no easily as far as as far as tech levels Incursion is the highest because the Inchani well, okay, see the Termellern and Anshani, the Termellern from Fringeworthy and the Anshani from Incursion, they are both God tech beings. It's just they went in different directions. Because remember, the Termellern, the whole reason why they found the French path in alternate dimensions is that they were trying to bypass light speed by hopping into an alternate dimension to shorten the travel time and they found themselves in an alternate universe. And they just said, why explore our own universe when we've got an infinite number? So that's what they did. Now, the Enshanty, they had their god tech. They had their grand golden ships. And they brought the galaxy and other galaxies together. What was it? They made the children sing. And if they didn't want to sing, they used psychology to make them sing. So, yeah, the Enshanty still had god tech. I mean, a bracelet that can make you understand 98% of all spoken languages. Right. Um Okay, about, You know, just, yeah So I would yeah, but, say but, both- but I don't think that effectively That's true,
0: okay, because yes There's a few artifacts of the Tamalins That are super, super god tech That you're talking about, but most of the time When you're playing you You're not working with that kind of level of tech Until you get like into the late campaign Where you yeah. can basically say We've gathered so much technology That now we're able to do these super science things But the game is actually set in a uh, a, a slightly less than modern tech yeah, because
2: yeah, because yeah. of the
0: whole restrictions on the French pass.
2: with with incursion you're soaking in it you get exposed to it right away
0: right um, and, he, and even compared to, uh to uh, FTL 2448 uh there's a couple of races that have the level of tech that incursion has, but they don't usually show it. You know, it's really more along the lines of you can tell that they've got weird stuff because they're weird. You know, like uh, the, the crawlin yeah. yeah, and the guy the one that tinkers inside its own head, the Besh and some of these other ones they're like you know they they live inside a high pre- they're they're from like inside of a jupiter type planet and they live oh, inside yeah, of yeah. a I'm high pressure the- diamond type armor okay obviously these people have super super high tech compared to everybody else who's walking around in steel corridors and and uh you know and yeah they do have gravity motors but you know uh, gravity plates but more or less they they don't have you know that high level of, of technology uh Compared to, well, compared to Incursion. So, yeah, I always thought of incur, uh, uh, FTL as basically being Babylon Five tech, and yes, Incursion it, being like the Borlon and the and, and the 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 spiders. What are they
2: called? The Jadum, the Shadow,
0: Shadows, the Shadow tech. Okay, those much much higher level. Or I uh, I always referred to as uh, uh, the the tech in uh, Incursion as Star Trek tech.
1: Yeah, pretty much anything is possible if you know what button to push.
0: Yeah, you know, you got enough bologna on hand. So <laughs> but I mean Richard wanted uh, FTL to be us, real people, our civilization, people you could recognize, but in space. And so that's one reason why he built it that way. So uh, and
2: from what I understand, he did try to do the the phase drives on as of the nineties, because incursion came out in ninety-two and he also put out Bureau thirteen, Fringeworthy, and FTL, all gave them all new nineteen ninety-two editions. But it was extrapol- extrapolative science from the early '90s, from what I understand. FTL was okay, and 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 Incursion, no, it was just God tech, just yeah, push a button, do anything, that type of thing.
0: Right, right. And and you know when I when I started playing uh, uh, Incursion, uh, I thought that, uh, and we're. we're, we're and, 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 and listeners were, we're getting into like how the incursion universe is and works. Uh, but I thought that only the Ashani ships had all those really cool gadgets in. them. I didn't realize that they were actually just part of the, of the that uh, space fairy Commonwealth, the the uh, the Constantipore Commonwealth. I mean, we find that out in the additional books in two and three. Uh, that, in fact, is all the stuff that was actually on the uh, 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 Ashani ships, of which there was only like a dozen, uh, was actually in all ships. Uh, is a Well, sort of, well uh,
2: thing I, the thing I see is that the Ashani, when they just realize they're looking around the galaxies and going, okay, these are a bunch of all of battling, crying children. We're done here. And it's the old saying, they took their ball and went home and left all this tech behind. And, of course, you had them all scrabbling over the scraps and hoarding them, and empires rose and fell. And, like, the white boxes... Okay, an engineering bay of an enchanting ship has these, like, five-foot-long by two-and-a-half feet wide, two-and-a-half feet tall white boxes that are continually self-repairing, and you just plug them into a berth in the engineering bay, and it activates its function. Everything from life support to gravity to the field pass systems to navigation. Well, after a while, people people started hoarding these white boxes. So there was a race called... The Bazell, who made black boxes, which mimicked them, but they had to be repaired. And you know, you pull out this strand of electronics out of this black nano goop after you tap the end of it and you pop the end off, and you have like a this weird spanner thing, and you pull it out, and it's all drip. You know, you know, it's like the guy in Ghostbusters. Why is it all drippings with goo? You know. And so these black boxes helped supplement the Enshany technology that was left, but it wasn't perfect. And that's what a lot of these races did. Over the centuries and eventually millennia after the Enshani left, they wanted that Enshani tech or as close to it as possible. So yeah. some came close, like the Bazel.
0: Yeah. if they they knew what the function was, and so they were able to engineer solutions that yeah, had that had same function. function.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: they yeah. just weren't as perfect as the Enshani. Right. Yeah, yeah it's like somebody. Knockoffs. Right. Well, it's like somebody going and replacing a, a strut that's made out of steel, tempered. You know. Uh, chrome steel with a piece of wood if you make it out of iron wood it'll probably still work or even a piece of ceramic might still be strong enough it still isn't steel (laughs) may not last as long but it might do the job long enough to get you where you're trying to go
1: of course the problem in this case is that the white boxes if there was a fault it would repair itself your third-party knockoff you put in you're going to have to fix it if it breaks Right.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and uh, there was a race that I guess was engineered, and they looked like greys. Your typical greys, they were known as the Greebels and they it's almost like they had an intrinsic knowledge of bezel technology. They were the only ones that could really repair the black boxes and keep them going. So, if you had an Ashanti ship, your first move would have been to hire half a dozen Greebels and they'll run your engineering bay. Of course, you can't talk if you have you any ship. Well, especially, especially with the enchanting ships, and and so, of course, you can't talk to them. They aren't going to talk to you. But let's say there's a problem with the black box and your ship stops moving. They're going to come on the bridge, and while you're talking to somebody, they're going to take their spanner and smack in the back of the leg, and then throw this piece of a you know the the black goo dripping part out of the black box on the on the deck of the bridge, and point to it. And that's how you're going to know, oh, maybe we have a problem with one of our black boxes as you're rubbing your knee, you know. Right. <laughs> well, you know, they.
0: Uh, th- he has a couple stories in there where, you know, the humans uh, come down and, and try to uh, explain that they think this is what the problem is. And they go in and, and by touching things, they they ruin them. <laughs> and so the, the Grievels are just like, you know, why? Why are you ruining everything? It's not what's wrong. I know what's wrong. I just haven't had time to fix it yet. But I gotta sit here and listen to you because you're the captain. And then hopefully you won't cause you won't damage too many parts before I can actually get them back in their proper spots. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's they, they were they were the long suffering engineers. You know, the <laughs> ones the ones that every time somebody, you know, makes a suggestion, they're like, all that work for nothing. <laughs> So you know uh, Marvin, the paranoid android. It's our lot in life to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So uh, let's talk about Incursion one, two, and three. Uh, I talked about the premise for Incursion the original. What was the premise for Incursion two?
2: Okay, Incursion two was it was put out. 2012. So we can assume that it's about over 20 years after, because the crew of the Ardana New kidnapped the humans in, it says in the timeline in Incursion, page 5, 1995. Yeah, you can't go by that. <laughs> that's, well, rich, that's
0: Richard doing what Richard does.
2: But you can still figure 20, 25 years later, a Russian nuclear sub, now owned by the Canadian Navy is going on its maiden voyage as a Canadian naval vessel. And you have Canadian naval officers and a couple of Russian engineers on loan and some press and some students on scholarships you know to check out oh i've been on a nuclear sub and all this and so they have this sonar device and i need the name again i think avro was what it was called yeah and so they use this avro to start doing sonar in the Marianas trench no not in the Marianas trench no it was off like it was like between nova new brunswick and newfoundland i mean it was just off the eastern coast of canada
0: well there was definitely a trench involved
2: yeah, it was a trench there in the sound, and apparently there was a Mazalina transmat, which, uh, you know, at the bottom of this trench, and with the proper sonic input, would transmit whatever sent it out into space. Well, the transmat heard whale songs, and okay, we understand that. It doesn't apply to us. Wait a minute, what's this weird garbling? Oh, they must be in danger and, and in need of repair. Well, we've got... What? 700,000 repair ports in the catalog and most pinged active and ready to receive. <coughs> shoot you off to repair port. Problem is, this was a nuclear sub, not a spaceship. So the crew of, and uh, I got to get the name again. It's the HMCS Chalk River, chalk as in chalkboard, ends up. On this alien world with more than one moon, and it's the dead of winter, and it's abandoned. And the sh- the, the sub is locked in this berth, like it's made to hold a ship that is teleported there. So you're either a Canadian naval submarine officer or enlisted person or a Russian on loan or possibly a student or a reporter, and you've been catapulted somewhere across the Orion Cygnus spiral arm. Welcome to space, folks. <laughs>
1: Wasn't quite the trip you were planning for, but here you are.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they they have some adventures with some local life forms, and uh, they managed to find themselves a uh, a helpful robot uh, in the yeah. uh, in the starport, who after repairing itself comes out and back to their ship, plugs itself into their cu- communication networks, and sends uh, a message to the, uh, tran- uh, the TransMAT system and sends them to a real location, one that actually has people there. Yeah. And that's where um, the adventure really starts.
2: Yep. because and it is the, it's the ZMEX starport from the first Incursion, which basically is like a megalopolis of probably like 10 to 15 million different beings.
0: Right. So, Jonathan, you know what happens there?
1: Yeah, they kind of, <laughs> they end up um, basically, long story short, trading off the ship's uh, uranium supplies in order to get completely refitted as a starship.
0: Right. So as uh, they they basically taking the same floor plan and mostly the same floor plan and everything else. They basically recreate the Chalk River as a starship, including collapsium hulls and... Uh, you know uh jump engines and uh auto docks in the uh in, in the in the bay of, of, of the ship uh the sick bay and uh, modern uh, uh interstellar telemetry and communication devices and everything else but it looks like a
1: submarine. yeah yeah. I like okay. the picture in here. It actually, I mean, it it kind of neat. I'd, I'd and it that. works
0: because anything that doesn't have like a star drive in it or something like that, it uses what's called lift ball technology, which is essentially just a ball that has anti gravity, you know, working in it, and then you basically attach it to into a, a in, into some kind of a holder, a cup of some kind, and it therefore then moves your ship in any direction, up, down, whatever. Flies it to the you know, through the, uh, the solar system to to the next, you know, uh, the next place uh, or, you know, into, uh, and, and lands it uh, using that same kind of anti-grav technology and you just basically, the only time it doesn't do that is when you're like doing a jump to a, uh, a star system that doesn't have a transmat hookup uh, or you just want to jump using your own uh, star drive. So, uh, and so they put all that stuff in there and, they, uh, and basically, they they paid for it, as it turns out, with a couple of pounds of uranium.
1: Yeah, and it, it turns yeah, out that, that was actually that. A, a bad deal for them, too, because apparently uranium was that highly prized on this starport compared to what they got. Not like, the starport.
0: The but, civilization. That's
1: right, yeah.
2: Yeah, the civilization. Fissionable materials is the highest currency.
0: Yeah, the guy said that they could have bought the entire moon. They were on a moon. They could have bought the entire moon for the value of that. So they got totally ripped off, which is why their ship looks so nice, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, you had no money. How did you get your sub turned into a spaceship?
0: Yes, Uh... because we had more money than we ever dreamed. (laughs) Now, this is an interesting piece of information because if you look back in the original uh, 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 Incursion book, you go down into the hold, and there's like a couple hundred pounds of uranium under a blue field beam, which keeps yeah. it from basically fissioning any further. It keeps it stable, okay. and and which means that they literally have, a, you know, a, an unbelievable amount of money. That, you know, that's essentially that's essentially the pirate treasure. Instead yeah. of being, a, you know, a, 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 a on some island somewhere, they basically con- must have converted it all into. Uranium and put it under a blue field and and put it in their hold somewhere because they've got more money than they have any idea. And as far as I know, if uh, in reading through the the, the entire book of, of Incursion, at no point do they actually realize that they have something so valuable. What they think is the most valuable thing on the ship is the ship itself which is without question because it's one of 12 legendary starships but the fact is they also have something on the ship that's unbelievably valuable and so valuable that the idea of them actually taking cargo and going from world to world you know and trading it and becoming merchants which is one of the scenarios for playing the game is ludicrous it only works if they don't know that they're that they're already rich as as, as, as sultans
1: oh yeah because looking at looking at the the trade values uh in in incursions one like yeah uh uranium is, shows up as as the least valuable but plutonium shows up as you know the highest value item apparently
0: right plutonium was usually what they used it the so anyways so but the 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 premise in in, in book two is that um, they 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 take this this pathetic, uh, uh, means of producing power and they replace it with a modern one, but this material is so valuable because it's so dense. I mean, it has to come out of like supernovas or something in order to be produced. So, you know, it raises a whole big question of, is that, you know, how did earth get all that, you know, uranium? Cause we've got tons and literally tons and tons and tons of it. So, uh, anyways, but, uh, that that's getting ahead of ourselves.
1: Uh, so uh, going, I uh, actually just realized I read that wrong. And in the book, uranium is rated as the, Uranium is rated rated as one of the highest, and then the okay, yeah. So yeah, even the uranium anyway, yeah. is valuable.
0: Right. Anyways, but the point is, is that you know high, you know fit. Fissional material of, of really high density like that is is extremely valuable in the more. And maybe it's because they used it all up. Maybe they had it in all their different worlds, but over the millennia, it got used up, and now there's hardly any of it left. So it becomes, by scarcity, super valuable. Yeah. So it's not anywhere clear about that. And maybe that's up to the GM to make those kinds of decisions. But anyways, the point was, is that because they had a, a few pounds of plutonium or uranium on their ship running the reactor, they were able to basically buy the retrofit for this and give them a starship that they could use to try to find their way home. Because unfortunately... They still didn't know how to get home because uh, you know, uh, uh, apparently the, uh, none of the 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 location from which the the coordinates of the, the the beacon that sent them there was not logged when they got jumped over to that moon and uh, and then over to here. So uh, they don't know how to get home except to use the standard methodology of just blind leaping. To world after world after world to get to, you know, to find a new place. Because the two ways of, of getting any place inside the uh, incursion game is one, using a transmat, where you literally, they know where you're going. It's it's, it's basically like the Stargate system, you know, you're, it's hardwired. You just basically go in, you tell the system where you want to go, and they say, yep, over there, boom, there you go. All right. The other way is to use the Ashani navigation system which uses six-sided di- – uh, sorry, not dice, but they sure look like them. They're six-sided cubes, and uh, uh, and there's no identifier on these cubes. And apparently you can't write on in a in a pen either <laughs> because
1: well, – I think there is an identifier, but nobody understands the language anymore to, to recognize the, the, the language.
0: Well, it, okay, but the point still is that yeah. nobody can read it. <laughs> yeah, okay? exactly. Supposedly you have to have a, 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 a very rare – I mean, they've heard of it. There's a there is a, re- a cube reader, but nobody knows anybody that has one. You know and probably it's only and, and so for most people, what they do is is that they have basically a big drawer full of cubes. And they have a book, and the book says, you know, position one one, just like a, a spreadsheet in, uh, in that in that cube, the top facing one is this location. The next rotating to the right, the next one, the next one, the next one. You basically, you know, have a standardized numbering of the faces, and you write it down in your book where they each go to. And and then you and then after you after you have six, then you go to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And you just keep buying more cubes as you go on your travels. And some people may sell you a cube that has a particular face because you wanted to go to this location, and but then all the other faces will either be blank or you, there'll be places you you don't know where you're going. I mean, they 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 they're, they're uh and so uh in the Ardana Nu they had all those. They just they had this huge number of them. which was something like fifty thousand combinations. So they knew that one of them went to Earth. They just didn't know which one. Yeah, and they were supposed to go idea. one after another after another after another. And of course that if you don't go the space. Uh, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Uh, the trader, the space trader thing where you go from one world to another and then when you go to that world, you say, hey, has anybody ever heard of a planet that looks like this, it's got these kind of continents and stuff like that? And if someone has, if they've ever been there, then they can, you know, they'll say, yeah, do you have a cube that goes to it? Oh, well, I know somebody who does, but, you know, and, and, and then... You, you follow that up, and that's that's your basically that's the premise for your gate. Yeah, you're either
1: uh, constantly searching for someone who's been there, or just going through every single cube you got one yeah. time. Yeah. Right. Right. And, Probably both and, at the same time.
0: And incursion too, they don't actually give you another option. Uh, it's really the same situation because, uh, you know, to me it'd be like, okay, let's let's go into the system and and find out what you know, the last two tra- uh, last two transmat jumps. What were the what were the origin locations, you know, but uh, and, and how do we program to go back? Because believe me, this sub, after refitting his hull in collapsium, would have been able to to, to reappear underwater, you know. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, no, it was it was made to not only be fully space worthy, but it still had its submarine abilities. It could still go underwater as deep as it wanted. It could probably go a lot deeper because of the collapsium. But it also was fully aerospace capable.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I mean, you literally have a submarine that can go anywhere. So, yeah. Uh,
1: At that and, point, is it really a submarine anymore?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it submarine. Flies. It's a submarine plus. It's an, an omnimer. meaner. It's uh what is it? It's <laughs> Stingray. Or, or what, you know. Did, wait, now Stingray couldn't fly. What am I thinking of? Flying fish? no no that was that was in the seaview maybe there isn't a submarine that flies there was oh, a yes
1: yeah, uh, in,
0: in UFO they had a they had basically a, an atmospheric craft that's that's fired off the front of a submarine that surfaced but uh, yeah but anyways the the um but the uh the flying fish in in the seaview and voyage under the sea was you know did actually take off from the uh underwater and I think it, it, it launched I don't remember whether the the one in, in UFO actually launched out of the water. Whether you had to be on the surface first, anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. The point was this could do it. If you needed to do it, it could do it, and um, and and, and uh, so that that's the that's the premise, you know. That and they're, they're doing that now. In in uh, I hate to correct you, Trap, because uh, you were doing such a good job with the whole year that it came out. But in Incursion Two, uh. They run, uh, no, okay, all right. Uh, uh, they do run, uh, uh, when they're looking through the uh food replicator, they run into a McDonald's uh Happy Meal entry and it produces an exact McDonald's Happy Meal. And it says that it actually the, the the template for this is owned by. The crew of the Ardana knew, and they say yep. we've been in this universe for seven years. So okay, so since 2005,
2: okay, yeah, Rich moved it up. Okay,
0: or that's when they recorded this. Yeah, maybe it's another ten years after that because they yeah. said, you know, we'll, we will be on this planet at, during this festival every year. So if you're from Earth, come find us. Of course, they're gonna they're gonna be very disappointed when the Chalk River shows up and. Turns out they're more—they're just more castaways.
1: And even, probably even more lost yeah. than they are. Yep. But
0: but at least then they would have you know they would have more Earthlings to to, to spend time with. Who knows? Maybe they, you know and and of course as you found out uh, uh, they had scanned their screech. So <laughs> they there might be uh, some additional Earth alcoholic beverages available to the uh, the crew of the Ardana new. So. Oh
2: but yes, he, Screech. Right. This this game is how I got to like Screech. Rich, what it is the whole and a little bit of backstory about Rich. He was you know a Detroit native, as am I. So we have a lot of people from Canada coming over to the Sci-Fi Cons, and a few of them were Canadian naval officers. One of them, his name is uh, Gordon, old friend of mine, and of furs we've each known Gordon for. 20 years basically rich picked their brains for this and in return they got rich hooked on screech newfoundland screech rum and so at yeah it was confusion 2011 the weekend of his wedding when i first met bruce and john i had acid reflux going a little life tip here folks do not try straight 70 proof rum when you have acid reflux it is a poor life choice But it was good until it hit the acid reflux. So I'm now, you know, I try to get screech whenever I can. But yeah, that was the whole reason how Newfoundland screech rum got into incursion, too, because Rich talked with Gordon and other Canadian naval officers to get verisimilitude for this crew of the Chalk River. Matter of fact, Gordon, Gordon and I have, you know, adventures in screech, just various things and And, of course, he slammed down a shot. They were trying to, you know, haze him. And he's like, it's good. Give me another. And his officer's jaw just dropped because he was expecting, you know, Gordon to practically cough up a lung. And, no, he was just like, yeah, well, okay, fine. Yeah. (laughs) Next. (laughs) I'm Navy. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I know this was him, you know, going in, you know, like during basic and all that. And he did that and just it didn't phase G-Man at all. (laughs) (laughs) But but no, if you can find Newfoundland screech rum, uh, it's usually New England and Eastern Ontario. Otherwise, you're going to have to order it at your local um, place that you buy liquor, state or private owned, whatever. It's good. It mixes really well with Coke and or Dr. Pepper. Just saying. Um, But yeah, as soon as I found out that this was in here, I was just. I look, and I go, oh, yeah, I recognize that. <laughs> and then I later asked Rich what it was, and he told me, yeah, I talked to this person, and Gordon said, oh, yeah, I've known Gordon for years. Yeah. So, oh, no, the Ardana New people, the crew of that ship, getting a hold of Canadian rum, yeah, there, there's going to be a party. You, They know they have allies now. I'm, I'm reminded of the... <laughs> <laughs> from Golden Child. I'm just so glad to see another human
1: being!
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, so uh, so and, and so they could adventure together, you know, uh, either uh, you know, comparing because, uh, like I say, if they're doing the one where they're just going from world uh, to world by using the, the, the faces on the cubes... Well, you know, then they could basically just follow, I'm not sure how you, you could, I mean, there's, there's. I'm trying to see here, uh, I'm not quite sure how you would follow somebody because they have a cube and you don't.
2: Uh, yeah, unless you had some type of, oh God, what do they call it that allows ships to travel in tandem? A slave unit where yeah. you have one ship is has the slave unit to the other, so wherever it goes in jumps, and it has to be within a certain range. Yeah, you well, they don't talk about that. Star Wars, yeah. Right. But, but, but basically, you, if, if, yeah, go ahead. if they were to whip up a slave unit, yeah, then one could follow the other.
0: Well, I'm just thinking here is that, I mean, they've got fleets and things like that. So, you know, it just seems to me that if you can't, if there is no such thing as a um, a duper, you know, where you can take a cube and just dupe it uh, and give it to everybody else in your, uh, in your fleet, or yeah. do what you say where one ship can just, talk to another ship and they can get the same coordinates in their uh, uh, hyper-navigational system. Yeah, you know, if that's if that's the case, and, and of course, since this is a super science, we probably can imagine that somebody's figured that out, that they need to do that. Uh, <laughs> That uh, yeah, I'm sure they'd be able to travel together. Well, so uh, the, the,
2: the thing is, with the the duper, as you so quaintly call it, yeah, that would be the NavCube reader programmer, where it's one of the most rare and shiny artifacts ever. Trying well, to what what what's the old phrase? As common as hens' teeth. Well, then they wouldn't be able to do that. I mean if that's you have all, to, yeah, that's the thing.
1: I, they they I have mean,
0: to, but see I, I never saw the Ashani reader as something as being the same thing as that. I saw the Ashani readers being able to go and read the cube, see all the different locations that were on it, and then allow the operator to just basically view it and then move on or and do whatever well, yeah, anything they might want to do.
2: But it, it also but allowed you to program blank cubes.
0: Right. Well you can I mean you have that. In any uh, uh, ship, you have the ability to program a blank cube. So that's why I'm no, saying no, is
2: that... When I read in Incursion 1, that reader programmer was a rare... No, no, thing. yeah. But they talk about how
0: to use the navigational system in 2 and also in 1. And it's you just go up and, and you just take the cube, you stick it in, you tap it five times... Um, and, uh, and it, it basically sets the side, or it's five and
2: seven. Well, what it does is, you, okay, yeah. I got the nav room thing here. Um, drop the cube in the main console, left or right side in the hand printer in the main console in the nav room, destination side down. When active, the striped pyramid under the cube slot lights. Tap the crystal three times, it begins to launch and or speed sequence that triggers the HFTL jump. A fourth tab on that pyramid disengages the system. Without inserting that nav cube, the system will only achieve faster and light speeds. And then, of course, you can manually lock in a target star using the joystick or the mental skill to move the crosshairs. Um, so, yeah, it was... It, it basically just read the coordinates on the cube, but... The reader programmer, you could record your location and then burn it onto a cube. Well, so it was a little different.
0: Uh, okay, with well, Incursion two, you can do that. So maybe there is a slight difference between these these two games. I think right.
1: I remember that because I read one and two like right back to back, and I think I do remember right. seeing some. Well, I just there, looked at there, today, yeah. and I, okay, and
2: I I'm looking. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm on Nav Station here for Incursion two. Let me look. Okay. <laughs> so, While I'm looking here, this is like the Linda Kaufman thing. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah.
0: Yes, okay. Um, anyways, uh, all right, so uh, th- this is really a side thing anyways. Uh, so, uh, Jonathan, why don't you talk about Incursion 3? Uh,
1: Incursion 3 is um, very, almost exact same premise as Incursion 2, only in, this time, instead of it being a Russian sub-turned-naval, uh, Canadian science sub, um, this is a Polish tanker. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much doing the exact same thing, testing out a new uh, sonar device, um, and it wakes up the transmat gateway and ends up shot off to the moon and then shot off to the starport. Although what they trade to get re, it's exactly the same thing. They have they have uh, plutonium yes. on board. Wow. Okay. Yes, they have
0: a they have a nuclear power plant on the ship. It uh, essentially, I mean, you know, not to sugarcoat it. But essentially, it is the exact same game as Incursion 2. Yeah, The only yeah. difference is who is the people that are stranded and what they're stranded in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Now, me personally, considering the size involved and the size of the corridors and things like that, yeah. I'd rather be stranded in space in a, in a refitted tanker than I would a submarine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because those bursts and submarines are not not spacious.
1: Even a nuclear sub's still not that big.
0: No, no. And this wasn't one of the bigger ones either. No. It was only a hundred it was only three hundred it was 360 feet long which is not terribly small 45 feet wide but i'm still but still you know it's not like a world war ii one where it's ridiculous uh yeah the
2: the 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 polish tanker was about 20 feet longer same width 52 feet beam okay. yeah but it's so, not
0: round uh, it's 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 you know that normal boat shape yeah so so you end up with a lot of of uh, you know you, wait, it's, it's, wait. it's it's a lot more comfortable Okay, put it that way. And because yeah. you, you've got, I mean, this is fully encased, you know, in, in, in collapsium and, and, and you know, with view screens and stuff like that. The bridge is now the bridge again. And it's, I'm, I'm just saying, this is it. I, if I had a choice, uh, I would definitely go with the Polish tanker because everything else is the same. And I mean, on a page for page basis, uh, I actually went through and compared them side by side from about page, 15 on, uh, it, the, game, yeah. the game is identical to, so what you're really, so I'm, I'm not trying to diss Incursion 3 at all, okay, because oh, no. you, you do have a different set of characters, you do have a s- different boat, okay, but you essentially, you know, are, uh, you are essentially playing the same game as Incursion 2, so it's really up to you, so when, so what you're making a choice here is that if you're a completus of course, you've got all three. But if you need to make a decision between two and three, then essentially what you're doing is you're just deciding on which crew do you want to be involved in and what boat do you want to be on <laughs> as they go traveling. And and that's also more or less true with verse one as well. Okay. Uh, except for the fact that since they are since the Ardana new is referenced, uh, you could theoretically go and combine Your two crews together. Uh, You could even theoretically bring the third one in, but then you got to do little mental, you know, alternate, uh, uh, alternate dimension hopping there, (laughs) because essentially it's, uh, it it is literally like an alternate Earth where everything's the same except a different ship got grabbed by the uh, uh, by the transmat uh, device. So yeah, uh, you could
2: do it that way. I mean, they do mention that. Let's see, go back to the beginning here. I think they do mention that they were going around and let's see, do they mention the chalk? river yeah they, they say this because it. this is this the, the they say the government basically gives up on using this
0: sonar device because they've lost two ships in the same area there's something inherently bad about this device they don't know what but there's something bad about it yeah <laughs> so the the which is fine because it leaves the whales alone well yeah and the gateway can right. finally get to sleep right so you know now each book uh uh the main difference between two and three besides the fact that you've got a quote you know legendary starship in one and you've got either a a, 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 a tanker or a, a or a, oh, a submarine Sorry. is um, it's the fact that the first one is actually you know built with the tri-tech system okay it, it, it has the same system that was used in FDL and 20, uh, 2448 and Bureau and 13 and, uh, and Fridgeworthy. So that same tri system is in that. That's the actually the last game that ever had that system in it. After that, we went to uh, we went to D twenty uh, modern, and then yeah. now we're producing it with a uh, uh, what's called a system zero format, yeah, uh, which is you know uh, which is essentially a more descriptive system. Though uh, I think it's funny that at the, that after saying that you know, you play use whatever system you want to at the end of it. Uh, Richard throws in his uh, his zero system anyways, where you've got fast kill and and uh, roll under this and and, and you know uh, easy rolls, hard rolls, whatever. It's basically a little mini system he puts at the end, I guess, just in case you didn't have one, okay? And, yeah. And you, and you wanted one, so. But everything else is all D100s and and they're descriptive, and they could be added into any game as long as it wasn't a really unified system where you needed to to deal with things like edges and, uh, and, and, and open-ended dice rolls and things like that. So as long as you stayed anywhere close to a, D, uh, a, a traditional D20 system uh, or, or bell curve type thing, uh, then it all worked fine. Uh, so, but that's, uh, but when you go into the game, okay, uh, uh, you'll find the same things in the uh, original system as in, uh, you know, the how to build worlds, Because, you know, the GM's going to be having to build worlds eventually. Uh, The history of the uh, the, Constantinople, how to build aliens, trading uh legality of trading all kinds of things like that so
2: uh stellar uh, law about how if you do a crime what would be the depending on the society and the court system and all right. that what you're going to have to deal with on each world that's another right. thing that a genius is going to have to come up with
0: and that was all lifted uh straight out of FTL 2448 so uh you know which is which is fine it was you know richard basically didn't, didn't want to reinvent the wheel he was you know he the things that that made the the things that made this, these worlds interesting were the aliens, which he had all new aliens. You know, um, the uh, the ships themselves and the technologies that were in those ships. Uh, and collapsium, I believe, uh, went on to be in um, uh, light speed, right? Easy space, light- easy space. Oh God, I have to look. Um, yeah, I, I think that what the, the the big thing that they were able to do. Uh, two things. One was they, uh, the, uh, when they, when they harvested from the uh, Roswell aliens was the ability to make collapsium, in other words, to make ships hulls that could literally stand up to anything. So you, all your ships were super, super durable, and then the ability to make the star drive, which ran on uh, was it like alcohol? <laughs> it was something simple. It was it was very cheap.
2: No, no. Well, I, well, I know the in Shani, it it's water.
0: Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about um, uh, in um, Easy Space.
2: Oh, as I said, it has been so long, Bruce, since I've read that particular game. I mean, right. we did do a review on it, but that was yeah. years ago.
0: Okay. Well, anyways, the fact is that whatever it ran on was simple, okay? And, and maybe it was water, okay? Just like the Ashani ships. And and so, and so, in other words, they run off of either fusion or molecular disruption. Uh, it's not very clear which. We always assumed it was some kind of fusion because it was water, therefore hydrogen. You know, and then the extra air either gets thrown out of the ship, or it just gets, gets added into the people who need a, uh, oxygen. You know, by the ship itself. So, anyways, the the point was is that, that you know, there uh, all the stuff that is in uh, that it isn't actually system this limit, you know, specific system stuff uh, was was cribbed into these two games. So you know, the only thing you basically didn't have was skill resolution, which they added in as the easy system. And you you know, you didn't have like character generation that involved, you know, building skills, uh, building characters from skills, and all these other things. You just basically said, "Here's my race. Here's you know, here's the range. You know, and, and this, and based on the system I'm using, these are my skills. These are my s- stats. If you have stats, you know, and just everything else was was essentially." Uh, uh, world building. It was all. It was all background. It was all universal stuff. So, so he 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 was able to really. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons he was able to put it out so fast, because he I mean, literally took. I don't. I don't know how long it took him to do the original uh, uh, Fringeworthy and all those other games, but it took him a long time to build that system. You know, it, I, I Basically, uh, uh, he. He was what, three years older than me, Trev? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and I saw him. You know, I met him like, two, like at least one year after I graduated college. So that means that it took him at least four years to come up with that system. And of course, make the context to build the original uh, tiki tac games, which became tri so, yeah.
1: you
0: So know, four years is not a, especially in the days when nobody, you know, anybody who was trying to make a system that wasn't D&D really was building it from the ground up. And uh, it was, you know, and and my hat's off to Richard forever for that because, you know, unlike everybody else who made a so-and-so-like system, he came up with his own and uh, made it as realistic as he could uh, based upon the, uh, well, the the, the game technology of the day. Uh, Went to the uh, uh, Smithsonian and actually uh, uh, found a a, a person who'd been sliced into like one-inch thick layers. And actually oh, yeah. map, mapped out the entire body that way, and was able to make the body charts so they were realistic. And uh, which has been a bane and a blessing to GMs uh,
2: who played that system. Oh uh, yeah. no, 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 Bruce and I have heard this millions of times from people, TriTac fans all over the country. You know, well, at least you know for Bruce the South, and for me the Midwest. It's like, yeah, the one thing about that TriTac system, oh man, the most detailed body charts. You got you found out what it was to get shot in the pinky. Well, what was the thing that sucked about it? Those damn body charts. <laughs> it made yeah. combat hours long. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean the body charts actually didn't do that. It it was, you know, it it was everything else that got up to it because, you know, once you yeah. got to the once you got to the body charts, you could just simply go and say, You got shot in the hand, you just rolled two D six, figured out where you got hit, and said, Okay, that's the damage you just took. You just broke that bone or you just got that pinky removed. So yeah. yeah, but anyways, back to uh, incursion. All right, so uh, so basically that's what incursion is. Incursion is a super high tech game that has uh, that shares all the same uh, assets between all the different versions. Okay, uh, all all the ships can have the same. Uh, uh, drives in them all the same weapons in it all the same shields all the same whatever you know they all can have white boxes black boxes uh, they can all and and you can use them exactly the same way uh, it's just your choice as to the flavor okay uh, and, uh, and it's about you essentially living in a super high tech culture where the people who are basically in charge are becoming more and more is uh, uh Fascist? Is that the proper term for this?
1: Well, definitely more
2: corrupt. Definitely more corrupt because, Mm, from what I understand of the Konstantner Consortium, that yeah, they had an entire royal family and then they all died in a freak accident. And so they keep cloning heirs from the remaining genetic material. Problem is, they're cloning and cloning and cloning, and after a while, you know how copies get. And there is the one line from the magistrate who is the vizier, the power behind the throne. Well, yes, I I help administer the power of, you know, the prince to help, you know, guide the consortium. Oh, please wipe the drool off his royal highness's chin, you know. And, And so, yeah, it's just... The Konstantiner Light Force, the basically space cavalry of the consortium, their ships are now all being, there's a magistrar and the Imperial Guard, and these Imperial Guards are like eight-foot-tall cyborgs that, okay, we're setting in these coordinates, and you don't mess with the coordinates. And they're now doing things like depleting a planet of all its wealth, of course, to, you know, fund the Empire, you know, the consortium. We have to make sure it runs well. And, of course, this consortium is a regressing society, Oh, there's 4,000 worlds no there's only like 890 oh yes and we you know we work 80 hour you know like a hundred hours you know every site you know mini cycle and then they're reading books saying that their grandfather only worked like 40 for the same pay, you know and so they're just this whole so mystery of truth do they yeah yeah I, can, yeah. I, I mean history is you- written by the winners as they say and right now the consortium is win- at least in incursion one they're winning you find out in two and three that due to the intervention of the Ardana Nu and then in Incursion Three, due to the HMCS Chalk River, the Light Force finds its it it gets back to basics. It realizes wait a minute, this is not what we were made for. And so the light force and it's funny because in at the I think either at the end of two or three, the light force and the Canadian... Remember they're mountain, identical. So the adventures the, in
0: them are identical.
2: Yeah, yeah. The light force Starts emulating the Canadian Mounties that were on board, and even down to the and and I look at Incursion One and the Light Force, and and I know Bruce will agree with it. And Jonathan, you look at the Light Force uniforms, and you get that that old U.S. cavalry vibe. I the first thing I saw when I saw the Light Force is it looked like cavalry officers from you know the old West, you know Fort Laramie and all that. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they they still had that honor about them of being you know soldiers. Yeah, like pages uh ninety two and ninety three. Yeah, the first you know when I got the book you know thirty years ago or whatever. Yeah, I look and say they look like cavalry officers right down to the hat. And so they 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 sync up with the 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 RCMP that are on board and they they find their 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 cause again. And all of a sudden these cyborgs and their magistrates, the guys that are you know now. Uh, things happen to them Accidents, mostly of an airlock variety, <laughs> and and the light force starts getting back on track again. And that's what happened. Sorry. Yeah, you know they. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the eight foot cyborg had an, you know, and you bend the nose like the family. An accident, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was an accident. Yes. All right. I don't know how uh, we ended
1: up in that airlock.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or what's okay. that old phrase? Airlock accident waiting to happen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so uh, I, uh, I ran a, a, a an incursion campaign, and Trav, you ran an incursion campaign. So a couple. Yeah. One yeah. and two. Yeah. So, uh, why did it stop?
2: Well, the one, just, the first one of Incursion, and this was 20 years ago with the old gaming group. Uh, I think Eric the Enabler was in it. I know Jerry Gentry was. And just, yeah, after a while, they just explored, and I had it where they came home. Where they finally got the ship back, and I, I forget, it was 20 years ago. But yeah, they did make it back, because... I had some very ingenious players, and they... I mean, obviously, I, I think John Ryers said, if you get more than, like, five, six light years from Earth, our constellations don't mean diddly, that yeah. you can't... Yeah. So yeah. they really got creative on getting, eventually getting back to Earth. But I put them through their paces. I made sure that, oh, no, you have a... You have a ship that everyone wants, and everybody and their grandmother is going to try to get it from you, so you have to defend it. It is your property. You earned it by right of salvage. Ain't knowing... And they they got nasty about it. I threw things at them, and they just... Yeah, it was... Okay, no. You're not getting this ship. I don't care who you are. Light force. You know, an entire planet for... it. No. And then, actually, I adapted Incursion 2 to run in with that Bureau 13 where I actually had them find a trans mat a Mazalina trans mat at the bottom of Lake Tahoe and the gnomes from Bureau 13 Black Powder yeah we got this little steampunk sub and yeah come with us and they get shot out into space so so I did use Incursion 2 I just adapted it for for my campaign for 1891 I think is when that happened yeah in, in my game universe so yeah it, it just three it, it, it is is it? It. I looked at it. and I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I understand Rich wanted to continue the story, and in a way, he did. But just, and you, it, all of you know my long time know my relationship with Rich. I considered him my mentor. But I, Incursion Three, I was just like, okay. And it it does. Have parts in it where it continues from incursion two. It it's just, I really wasn't feeling that one. Incursion two, I used the heck out of. I did. And as I said, I adapted it to my Bureau 13 Black Potter campaign to get the characters out into space and do cool things like that. But just incursion three, yeah. I I was lukewarm on it. And yeah, I, I'm and Bruce even just after what you say, after about page 15, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: After page 15, is well, even before that, because the story of them going, as soon as they land on the actual world, it's the same. But yeah, yeah, it's, but I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's basically a page for page. And we're talking about 100 pages here. So, you know, it's, yeah, And I don't, and, and like I said, Richard was trying to, you know, get all his games out. And uh, I'm glad he was able to succeed in doing that. And it was, it did give him something else to sell at conventions. So yeah. that puts some money in his pocket, and I and I'm okay with that too. So yeah. But anyways, like I said, is it if you if you do want to play these games, and I do recommend that you do that. Uh, then uh, the uh, uh, if you want to play the Tritech system, you pretty much got to buy the original Incursion because it has yeah. it in it. Okay, unless. Uh, but if you but after that, it's really a choice of which um, which ship you want to basically do your adventuring in. And if you want to do, uh, you're uh, adventuring in a sub, then you take two. If you want to do a trawler, you do number three. And if you want to go with the classic, you know, uh, you know alien saucer, then that's, that's the original recursion. So.
2: Oh, wait a minute, Bruce. We forgot to mention the most important thing about this game. The one thing that, that, that people may not know about this. Okay. It's in the same world as Bureau 13. Right, right. That's uh, that's what we talked we, yeah. That's what we talked
0: about at the beginning. That the whole reason we're doing this is so we're talking about what happens when they come home. Maybe I didn't mention the fact it's the Bureau thirteen. Yeah. Uh, no, you didn't. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I meant yeah. To. I was well, gonna bring
1: that up eventually, yeah, myself.
0: All
2: right. So yes, uh, it's
0: the same world, yeah, you know, it's the same universe. As Bureau 13, which means, of course, magic
2: does work there. And and for those of you wondering, well, where is it? Read that in Incursion, <clears throat> page four, under Joanna Barnes. After ditching her boyfriend, a crazy science fiction writer who thought he worked for some secret governmental agency, <coughs> <coughs> Robert Harrison. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that cough. I got to get that checked. Just yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. Excuse yes, me, folks.
0: one of the sample characters from Bureau 13. Yep. Yeah, right. So anyway, so that's why, you know, uh, the idea of them coming home to Bureau 13 world is a big question. And that's why we had this prelude to that particular one, because that is what we're going to do next, is we're going to talk about what happens when uh, when the Ardana knew or the Chalk River or uh, the last one. Uh, thank you. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not Polish, so I have trouble sometimes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and uh, the uh, Mr. Pulaski,
2: <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, uh, my dad won.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, all three may come home, or it's up to you. Of course, you know, you either can throw them all together, or you can say only two came home, or one comes home, or they all come home in the new. Whatever. The cold, you know, uh, the, the big issue is uh, what happens then? And that's what we're going to talk about. But you're going to have to wait until next week to find out. So until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them.
2: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
0: Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast.